Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Hand Me Up Club. My name is Lindsay Ruter, and I am very excited to be doing the first remote episode of the Hand Me Up Club. Everyone I've talked to up until this point, I have talked to in person, and they have been in New York. And this time, we're going to get the perspective of someone outside of the New York market, and we're also going to get the perspective of someone who's talking about something a little different than my past guests. And we are going to be talking about thrifting and the sustainable fashion scene when you are a shopper and a fashionista that is plus size. And I'm super excited to be doing this with my friend, Veronica Allen. Hi, Veronica. Hi. Why don't you just kind of start, tell me about yourself, tell the listeners about you, how we know each other. Lindsay, I have known for many, many, many years. We went to high school together. And before that, we did community theater together in like elementary, middle school, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and we've kind of known each other since then. Let's see. I have been in the Midwest my whole life, which is not something I thought I'd be able to say at the age of 27, but here we are. Um, I went to Michigan State for undergrad, so I've been here. And I went to the University of Chicago for my master's degree, and that kept me in Chicago for about three years. And I'm back in the Detroit area now. And yeah, that's pretty much kind of my background. I do a lot of kind of creative work on my own. I do a little bit of hand lettering. I do some embroidery. My background professionally is a little bit more in the professional writing, I guess, (laughs) professional writing communications. As Lindsay could probably attest to, I am lousy with clothes. I have a lot of clothes. Always have. But, okay, lousy with clothes, that has a negative connotation. I don't think you're lousy with clothes. I think you're a person who is always aware of fashion and styles and you know kind of what looks appropriate. I know we have talked at length about things that are on trend versus off trend don't age, and that's because they just continue to dress the same and your head doesn't register that time has passed when you look at them. Anne Hathaway. Uh, so I I would say you are not lousy with clothes. You are just abundant with them. Thank you. So I guess that kind of leads into talking about like sustainable fashion quite a bit because I think there was such a time we've been out of high school for I've been out of high school for like 10 years now. And there's such a difference between just that time of being in high school and the fast fashion really kind of becoming such a big thing for us. And then 10 years later, it being something that is much different and we have a much different kind of perspective on. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so interesting, like fast fashion. I remember, I remember when we got an H&M for the first time in the mall near us in Michigan and how it was such a big deal. And when you're a kid, fast fashion doesn't read as quick, cheap fashion. It reads as finally something I can afford and it has value and it's not really seen as disposable fashion and kind of switching from that mindset as I've gotten older has actually been one of the harder things about becoming more conscious with fashion choices because for so long, a $50 jacket from H&M was a high-end item and was important and valuable and not disposable and then you get older and you hear this is considered disposable fashion that's fast fashion 
And I still think like when I was 16 and 17 years old and thinking that was a big deal and that was really expensive and I cherished it and took good care of it. And most of those clothes I still have. Yeah. I think that's a big piece of it too, is that like, although maybe I have more means to buy things that are um, more conscious or more expensive or things that are not the $50 H&M jacket. I don't know if that's how I want to spend my money. And like, that's the kind of thing where you kind of have to balance. Maybe you buy less clothes per season and hold on to things and make them last longer, but maybe you're still not spending $300 on a jacket. Like that's just something that I don't think is in the cards for me. And I think a lot of that also has to do with plus fashion, plus size fashion being so expensive and so inaccessible. Like a lot of my, I would say maybe for the past like seven, eight years, I've almost exclusively shopped online for clothing. Unless it's like I can find it at a thrift store, it's really, I am shopping online. Because a lot of things, they just don't exist in stores. Uh, I could walk into a Nordstrom, say I'm trying to find something higher end or whatever. Like I could walk into a Nordstrom and look for something. And the honestly, the choices I have are not applicable to be a 27-year-old. They're not. And there's three dresses I could maybe find. So I've really turned away from actual clothing shopping in person, unless it is a thrift store or something where I'm looking for something not specific, but just kind of looking to see what I can find. If I'm looking for something specific, say like I have a job interview or I need to wear, like I need some more jackets for work. Like I am online looking and Mm -hmm. scouring the internet, trying to find something that I think will fit me in my size that I can see the reviews and they're not all internal reviews that is affordable, that is going to ship well, like anything like that. Like it's very kind of hard to find where affordability and conscious shopping and wearing meet. So for me, a lot of it has turned from quantity into quality and trying to understand where I can find things resale online has been um, a very big part of my fashion evolution as an adult. Well, I think that's kind of key, what you were just saying, quality over quantity. And I would love to know more about some of these places you're shopping from online. I did a little bit of research, just, you know, yeah, Google, sustainable plus size brands. Yeah. Because I am not shopping those brands. I don't necessarily know the ones that are really great. The only one I have any personal experience with isn't even an actual, like, I don't know if the word is retail brand, but I've done Gwinny B. One of my resolutions for 2019 had been to try every clothing rental subscription company out there. Mm-hmm. So I did them all. Um, and that included Gwinny B, which I think started as a plus size specific clothing rental subscription service. Mm-hmm. They now do a very, very wide spectrum of sizes. I think they go from a two to like a 22 maybe. But I actually quite enjoyed that service and it moved very quickly, which was nice because I was doing it around Christmas time when I was visiting you in Michigan. And so that was really nice and convenient. And they had a really huge volume of different clothes from a lot of different brands and they were very well priced they give you your first month free as well 
like most of these brands, they let you buy things in your rental if you just kind of fall in love with them. And they had the best pricing I had seen for purchasing things from your box. Mm-hmm. Like, two, one of the dresses I ended up buying, it was $4. So probably had been worn a lot by the time I got it, but I thought it looked great. Four bucks was a steal. It was a mod cloth dress. Loved it. So that's kind of my only experience with like a sustainable product or service that really caters to plus size fashion. I would love to know more about specific brands or websites or resources that you are using when you're shopping online. Sure. So I think a lot of things that I will do is if I find something like my go-tos are like ASOS. ASOS is great because it connects you with a lot of UK brands that the US just doesn't, we're not there. We just kind of aren't. And I'm not obviously the most informed person on this subject, but as a consumer of it, I'll go on ASOS and look for those brand names because I'm trying to kind of accumulate all these, this information, like this personal kind of database of knowledge where I can go and then look for those things on resale sites. So I'm looking at my closet right now and I'm seeing like two different ASOS brand shirts and a mod cloth shirt and an H&M dress that I all got on Poshmark. Um, so I didn't buy those from the retailer. Like they're obviously already manufactured. They've already been worn or whatever. We're not adding to kind of manufacturing there. Then you kind of get into the ethics of well, is this encouraging more people to buy things and then put them up for sale? It's all kind of that tangled knot of what can you do, but also I think there's just value in doing the best you can. And I think economically, it's something that really helps me because I can buy a nice button down shirt. Maybe it is part of a fast fashion line, like an ASOS line or um, an H&M line, but I'm not buying new. I'm not buying from the retailer. It might cost somewhere near the same, but essentially I'm getting the same kind of use out of it. So that doesn't tend to bother me. Okay. So a lot for me is really having the knowledge of what brands are out there and what fits me well. So like I know an ASOS Curve brand is like their house brand fits me pretty well in a size 20 or 18, depending on the cut. So I know exactly what to look for and I can open up Poshmark on my phone and I can look for it and I can troll all these people's different like stores and I can find something different. And I think that also kind of opens up beyond the current season. It kind of restricts you less to the current season when you're able to shop these online resale sites. Mm -hmm. I don't know all the ethics of Poshmark, honestly, like I'm sure there are things there that are not the best, um, but that's the kind of site that makes that kind of clothing accessible to me. Same thing with, I discovered Madewell jeans come in plus sizes now. Amazing. I have two pairs and they are the best jeans I've ever worn. I could never afford them there. I think they're technically considered a fast fashion line, but I could never afford those jeans, like $150 jeans. There's no way I'm spending that on something I wear two days out of the week. I work at a business, casual business, professional job atmosphere. I can't wear jeans. So for me to be able to buy a pair of Madewell jeans that fit my body well, that are like made to fit my body well, that are not forever 21, 1599 jeans for $45 for $50 instead of 150, that makes that something that I'm going to hang on to. And I'm going to like, that's an investment for me. Like you were saying with your $50 H&M jacket, like I spent $50 on something. That's not something I'm throwing away next season. Yeah. So Madewell, they have instituted a jeans recycling program for their store. So that's pretty good because jeans, they are typically cotton. So they're 
slightly more biodegradable than other things, 40 to 50 year range, yeah. <laughs> opposed to the like 200 year range. Yeah. So it's nice that they're offering a recycling program for that. I will say ASOS, I mean, it's obviously like a marketplace more than a brand. They are not really considered a sustainable brand. They might carry some brands that are more sustainable, mm-hmm. but those as an entity isn't really sustainable. However, they in the last year started enacting a lot of different sustainable practices through their supply chain and with their packaging. They had like a full sustainability week, like last May, I think it was, sort of previewing all of these different things at their big headquarters in New Jersey. So in they're big, this market headquarters, obviously they're based in the UK, but they are trying something. So that's really cool. I don't see a ton of brands doing those sort of things. However, I don't know how much follow-up there has been and it could just be like total greenwashing. So that's uh, something for me to look into. And if anyone listening is looking into it. Also, I just want to correct what I was saying because I was looking at Gwinui, the sizes zero to 32, not 22. So that's kind of cool. Okay, so I want to go back to talking about thrift shopping. Let's talk about that because I think that's kind of a good common ground for people that want to be sustainable and people that do or do not have money to spend on investment fashion because I feel thrifting is very democratizing. Anyone in theory can thrift shop. What are your thoughts on that? Sure. So I think we've talked about this like on our own a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I find it extremely difficult to find plus size clothing in thrift stores, just kind of as a blanket statement. Vintage shops, even harder, but thrift stores, we're talking like in Michigan, like a value world. It's very difficult to find things in a plus size. And to me, what that tells me is that plus size fashion and plus size clothing has always been very hard to find. Um, and has always been something that people have to hang on to and wear to within an inch of its life. But you also, when you do find plus size clothing in a thrift store, if it's not separated out by size, it's virtually impossible. I'm not going to go through a warehouse looking for one thing that might be a 2X and maybe will fit me. Like that's just not going to happen because I don't have as much flexibility because there are significantly less sizes larger than mine in general. So I can't just size up or grab the next thing that's slightly too big for me and then make it work Mm -hmm. because it just doesn't exist. So I think that's something that is really should be, you should be really conscious of is separating out those plus sizes into a plus size section and following that. And that's kind of from like the store and shopping perspective, but as a consumer leaving plus sizes for plus size people, (laughs) That is huge. If I, I wear a size 18, 20, I grew up and I was, I don't think I've ever worn less than a, like smaller than a size 14. And like being on that bridge between kind of straight size and plus size is its own mess. And I've experienced that too. But if you're a size 10, if you're a straight size person, getting something that is significantly too big for you and then following a Pinterest hack on how you're going to cut it up and make it into this cute dress it's not cute. It's not cute for the people that wear plus sizes that can't find something at a thrift store and does, like you're taking away resources from people that need it. And also being mindful of that kind of walking that line between I am not a low income person for the most part. Like I can afford to go and 
spend $30 on a blouse wherever I end up finding that blouse. I don't need to spend $6, $3 on a blouse because economically I have to. So trying to be really mindful of leaving things that you're really not going to wear mm -hmm. on the rack in a thrift store, leaving things for other people that might need them as, as a resource is something to be really mindful of. So for me, that's don't just buy this sweater that you think is okay, but you really won't wear for $3 because it's $3. And don't just buy this dress that's six sizes too big for you because you could put a belt on it maybe. Okay. Okay. I mean, I think that, I think that in general is just a good sustainable practice. Buy something you're going to wear, buy something you're going to wear a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> what you have, don't buy something new unless, you know, there's a lot of value to that piece. I think, you know, what comes with a lot of sustainability is the idea of DIY hacking everything. But I think you make a good point. Do that with stuff that fits, not that you're going to have to tailor a ton. Also, just for myself and other people listening that might have the same question, can you talk about the difference between what is straight size versus plus size or like where the line is? Because we're knowledgeable about that. Sure. So um, from what I know, plus size typically starts somewhere around size 14 or 16. Depends on the store. Depends on the retailer. Depends on the manufacturer. Depends on like how someone is grouping it. Um, and straight size is usually like a double zero to a size 12, 14, maybe 16. So when you get into plus size, what I find and what is true is that you have clothing starts to get cut differently. So you have something that say a blouse comes in sizes extra small through extra, extra large. Those are cut with a certain proportion. And then when you get into size 0x, 1x, 2x, they're cut with a different proportion. So you might even see this like a spaghetti strap, you know, like the very thin strap kind of top might then start getting into like a two inch wide tank top strap. So things legitimately change between the cut. They'll be categorized as the same top, but when you transition from the straight size to the plus size, the cut gets different. So you might get an extra inch per size on the waist versus an extra half an inch or something mm -hmm. like that. Like it starts, the proportions are just made differently. So that's a, I mean, no pun intended, pluses and minuses to that. So I think it's hard to understand, but the way that plus size works, when you get into the extra large, extra, extra large, those kind of correlate to like a size 16, 18, roughly, maybe 20. But then when you switch over to the plus and away from the straight, a 0x correlates to a size 14. So you're really getting this kind of overlap of about three or four sizes there between like a 14 and an 18 that exists both in the plus size cut and in the straight size cut. So when you get into the bigger sizes of plus size, which aren't that many, because a lot of brands only go up to a 3X. So you have like a 2X might be a 20 and a 3X might be a 22, maybe a 24. Those are the only sizes that exist for plus size only. So it's kind of messy and kind of confusing. But a lot of what I think brands struggle with is getting up to a 3X and calling themselves size inclusive. You're really only going two extra sizes up from your straight size line. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that, that does. So what would be like an ideal practice for a plus size brand? Like how big, not, I don't know what, what yeah. would you be, like the labeling or the sizing? Like what, 
would be ideal? Um, I mean, I am very privileged in that, like, I do not end up having to really max out plus sizes most of the time, um, unless it were at like a junior re retailer, but that's rare um, that I would ever even be near that. So I would definitely say I am not the best voice to listen to in this, but I think anything less than a 6X, you're really not doing the work to be inclusive. Um, again, that's just my opinion and from what I know and from people I follow on social media who are much more informed activists and much more informed in this. But I think a lot of it is making things inclusive. So like I've actually had some pretty negative experiences in this. I try to, if I'm not shopping specifically to try and be sustainable and resale, I try to follow um, local artists or local makers. So there was not too long ago, I came across this really cool sweatshirt of this local artist that was doing like very small batch prints on like whatever kind of sweatshirt. And I went to go look at it. Like, I love the sweatshirt. This looks great. And to buy it. And they went up to a size large. Like, okay, well, that's not great. And I made a comment on their Instagram and asked like, when are they going to actually have sizes that everyone can wear? And they said, well, we're a small brand. You like, it's really difficult to do that. And I personally think unless you're able to do inclusive clothing and inclusive lines, then there's no point. Like you're not ready to do it at all. That's also just my opinion, but like I shouldn't like plus size shouldn't be viewed as an afterthought and shouldn't be viewed as an extra hurdle or someone that's making things difficult. I also recently came across this I was just interested to see how this actually worked in practice. I mm -hmm. came across someone on Instagram that had posted a shirt saying like, women are more than their weight or something. And I was like, let me bet you what sizes this shirt comes in. And I looked and it was a one size fits most. So I left a comment saying, it's really disappointing to see that this message is on a shirt that's made for one size fits most. And they said, don't bash brands for this. You could just message us and ask for a bigger shirt. Like, okay, that's not at all what, that's not what we're doing here. And I also don't want your shirt. So that's fine. There's a big difference between what you think you're doing and like what message you want to send and how you view, view yourselves and then what you actually are doing and what you actually are putting out there. And like, I know you talk about on this show all the time about like actual sustainable practices versus like greenwashing and showing off that you want to be something that you really aren't actually practicing what you preach. I think also, too, in a lot of ways, sometimes it's just easier to incorporate the little things that you can do on a personal level instead of just revamping your whole life to only include sustainable brands and sustainable products. And, you know, maybe we'll get there. But right now, do what you can. The sustainable practices as a consumer, I think, are what's important. As a brand, though, that's very different. I mean, it's both sustainable practices, you know, sourcing in a good way, dying in a good way having Okotech certified leather practices, distributing in a carbon neutral way, et cetera. And that all contributes to actually having a sustainable product. But that's super different because that's on a brand and a producer manufacturer level, not on a consumer level. Yeah, I actually, you know what I also recently kind of to change gears slightly, when you were visiting here, we went to the post shop. And I think we talked about the different workshops and things they have there. Mm -hmm. And it's all kind of handmade and mostly local artists. Actually, not too long after the new year, I went to a class there with I can give you her name. It is Melissa Anderson. Okay. Um, that's just her handle on Instagram. And she is an artist, but she was teaching a class there that was how to paint your clothing. Oh, cool. um, 
Yeah, it was great. And her, she kind of opened the class with the story of, I had these pants and I had paint on them from work and I just wanted to keep wearing them because I love them, but I didn't know how to like incorporate these stains into them. So mm -hmm. basically the class was a practice in here's how you paint like lighter clothing. So the principle of it is take any of those like little acrylic bottles of paint you can find anywhere. Mm -hmm. You can mix it with some water, dilute it, paint on your clothes. It's kind of like a watercolor. You can't really mess it up. It's going to be less precise, but you get like this kind of watercolor staining. It almost looks like tie dye depending on what you do with it. And then let it sit for 24 hours, run it in the dryer for an hour, and then it's fine. And it's completely stained the shirt or the pants or whatever you're doing. So I thought that was a really cool practice. And I'm really glad I took that class because well, I didn't like what I ended up doing in that class. I think that's a really kind of cool thing to be able to take your clothing and repurpose it in a way that makes it completely unique in your own. Absolutely. I know to that point, one of my friends, her name's Loren. She has this brand. It's called Once Upon a Loren. And she paints on leather goods. So whether that's jackets or vests, boots, etc. She has this paint called Angelus Leather Paint. And it's the same idea being able to upcycle or just add new life to these old vintage items. A lot of the stuff she paints on is something that's vintage or thrifted. And it really just adds a lot of life into something you already have and you can see it in a new way. And I think that's a really good way to sort of DIY or upcycle things that you already have because so often I think the idea of DIY and upcycling is cut it, sew it, do this thing. And sometimes it's not that hard. Sometimes you can just yeah. draw on it or paint on it and it's like a whole new item. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of mentality is something that's really hard to kind of get into because I see a shirt and I get a stain on it and I don't know what to do with it. And it ends up becoming something that maybe I test embroidery on or do something around the house with and try not to just get rid of it. But it's also not something that I'm going to put in the landfill, but I can't really donate or reuse. Like it's the shirt's kind of purpose is gone. It's stained. So that's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, wait, I need to be able to take a step back and think like, I really loved this shirt. There's a stain on it. Now, what can I do to it to make it look new or incorporate that its life kind of back into the item? Love it. So I want to just talk about some other sustainable brands. See if you've heard of these, if you have any experience with them. So the first one I've got is Girlfriend Collective. They go up to a 6XL. I actually just got my first set from the Girlfriend Collective. They have all this active wear. They make it using recycled water bottles. There are differing perspectives on that practice in the sustainable fashion industry. I think in a lot of ways it's really great because it's at least using the water bottles again. Other people say it's problematic because once the water bottles have been, you know, melted down and respun and then used to make something, it's kind of hard to repeat that process if you were to throw out the clothes made from the recycled water bottles. So I get there's another perspective there, but I am loving this what do you do for like plus size activewear do you have any experience with a girlfriend or where are you looking um i actually don't i've heard of them they've kind of been on my list to try the next time i have the money to really put into that so for my activewear i'm really as you know um really big into yoga and that kind of activewear that takes a little less beating on your clothes i mean it depends on what you're doing but personally for me i like to wear things like I wear a lot of 
stretchier pants to work. So if those get a hole in them and I can't really wear them to work anymore, I will be wearing those to yoga. Like I will be wearing those to a class as long as they're fine to wear. So mm -hmm. I try to kind of multi-purpose my clothes in that way and let them kind of have that other life where maybe they're not going to be worn to work. But also I don't really care about how I look in yoga. So if there's a hole in these pants, but I can still practice in them, that's fine. Whereas in a work environment, not as fine. Um, I also like to take any kind of t-shirt. I'm not, honestly, like um, I really don't have a sustainable go-to brand for activewear, but I really like to take, like repurpose is my big thing. So I'll take a t-shirt. Maybe I cut the sleeves off. Maybe I'm using that to embroider on or something and I'm wearing that to a yoga class or I'm wearing, like I don't typically kind of try to silo my clothes. I try to make sure that they work for different portions of my life. So if it's a t-shirt that I'd wear out with friends, then I'm wearing that t-shirt to yoga class if that makes sense. Um, I know that's not the same for all different types of um, active use because bacteria from sweat and different things can get into the fabric. Like I know that is its own kind of thing. But for me, I really kind of benefit from trying to make sure that my clothes have multiple uses. So if I'm buying a shirt to wear casually, it's also a shirt I will wear possibly to sleep in. It's a shirt that I will wear under a sweater to work. It's a shirt that I will wear to a yoga class, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, another one, Big Bud Press. They're based in California and they're kind of known, they're very Instagram popular, very trendy for these super colorful jumpsuits. Um, and they're, you know, very unisex, very size inclusive. I think they go to a 5X, considered very local. And they use a lot of ethical manufacturing. And I feel like Big Bud Press, maybe it's just my personal algorithm, but I see them all the time. They are quintessential, trendy, Instagram, colorful brand. Uh, how Do you have any experience with Big Bud Press and or how are you shopping trends when plus size? Because I find so many of these things, you know, just at the very basis of it things start as sample sizes and then they become popular and they get picked up by manufacturers and then they are made more widely, literally, not figuratively. <laughs> so I actually do know about Big Bud Press. I have not purchased from there because again, for me, a lot of it is trying to be really mindful of like growing my collection of things into things that I'm actually going to wear. But I can say I do know people personally who buy from them and love their clothing. I think particularly what sold me on Big Bud Press as a brand is this woman that I vaguely know. We're not, I wouldn't call us friends, but some woman that I know in the Detroit, Detroit area, she's huge on thrifting. Everything she wears is thrifted. Um, and I know she focuses a lot on wearing skirts a lot because she says like her hips have a hard time fitting in pants. I would not consider her plus size. I would defer to her on that, but I don't think she's plus size. Mm -hmm. But she said like big bud press pants are tailored for the bigger hips. Like they are made to fit that kind of body, which is something that really sold me on them. But I also think like a huge piece of my kind of personal consumer, like consumerism with clothing is not buying something that's different just for the sake of it. So like I wear a lot of black, as you know, um, <laughs> as anyone who has met me knows I wear a lot of black. So when I'm shopping, I try to think like I have this kind of guilt of you already have a pair of black pants. Why don't you get a pair of purple pants? 
because I'm going to wear black pants because I'm going to wear purple pants twice. And that's not really a great practice. Is it like when I'm not actually going to wear the clothing that I'm buying? So I think that's been a big part for me of not purchasing anything from Big Bud Press, but I do absolutely love them as a brand. And I have been, I've had my eye on them for ages just to be able to try the fit of them but I've heard wonderful things and I think their stuff is very cute. Um, I think a big piece of following trends is really kind of, I don't know, maybe I don't follow trends specifically. I think a big part of knowing your own style and knowing what you're going to wear is huge. And I had that huge transition out of undergrad and college and going to parties and like going to bars and like wearing skirts all the time and like to working 45 hours a week and sitting at a desk all day. And like, for me, stretchy pants are fine. Like I don't want pants that button because it hurts. It hurts (laughs) my stomach when I'm sitting in that for nine hours a day. So I think a lot of it is really being in touch with your lifestyle and really knowing what you're going to wear and what you're going to wear a lot of. Like I have a few blazers, but I'm not really required to wear a blazer at work. So I go with sweaters. And a big thing for me is making sure you have one of those sweater shavers. Be very careful because they can cut your clothes. But like your whole sweaters, like you can buy a sweater at a thrift store that has some pills on it and give it a little fresh, like freshening up with a pill shaver and you look great. Like you don't have to really reinvent the wheel every time you want, every time a new season hits. I know that's always the trend of like, okay, it's winter. What am I going to buy? Like somehow you made it through last winter. Okay. With what you have now, what are we going to do this winter? So I think a lot of it is learning how to refresh what you have and not getting bored with it. But a big piece of not getting rid of so much clothing for me as I get older is really investing in what I think I'm going to wear more than once. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but I think coming from a perspective of being younger and in my early 20s and late teens, maybe you did buy an outfit to wear to a party and didn't think of it any further than that. So Mm -hmm. kind of changing that idea of wear what you have, I'm more than what I'm wearing, and what I'm wearing is what I like, I think will help you be more comfortable in all senses of the word. Yeah, absolutely. Every every purchase is not a prom dress. Like you should buy it with the idea of wearing it more than once, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that doesn't sound revolutionary, but to some people it genuinely is. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, last one I want to talk about. So Mara Hoffman, if we're talking luxury brands, they are like a high-end luxury brand. They're made sustainably here in New York City. They go up to a 2X right now, but They've been expanding a lot in the last few years, and their whole idea is to extend in a thoughtful way and bring in the right fit models and pattern makers to do these extensions to these larger sizes, like you were saying, how it just becomes almost an entirely different product with the way they have to modify the cut and the design as it sizes up. Um, So they're really doing that, but in a thoughtful way as the brand and the sizes grow. Do you have any experience with the Mara Hoffman brand and or how are you shopping like higher end luxury formal options? Because like we just talked about, or earlier we talked about Nordstrom and not really being able to use that as a great option. So what are you using when you need to find those higher end or those more formal options? I think a big piece for me is really just trying to find things resale and Mara Hoffman, beautiful out of my price range. 
really wonderful. Just the thing that comes to, I'm so not an expert on this. Uh, I'm just very happy to talk about it from my perspective as just a kind of an everyday consumer is I try to find things resale. I try to like, if there's something that I spot, I try to do research on, on the first line, like on the front line of what's for sale and what my options are. And then I really try and do research online and where can I find these other things? Like, where can I find this dress cheaper? Where can I find this bag cheaper? Like, where can I find this somewhere I can access it? So I've done Rent the Runway before. Typically, they don't go very high into the size range that I would need. Um, at least the last time I checked, they had very limited options in my size. But those kind of options are really nice. I'm trying to think what I just wore for my works holiday party. I got off of Poshmark and I'm very, it's hard because that's also shipping. That's also packaging. That's also every time you send it across the country, different things like that are not great. So I think a big piece is finding those kind of people and connections and closets and bundles you can make on there. I know you're personally familiar with the app, but as far as anyone listening might not be, you can find someone, it's kind of like social media for selling your clothes or selling different products. You can find someone who looks like they have your size and bundle their products together and kind of make one bigger purchase. So I do that a lot. Like I used to love buying bras, which I still do, but I was such a thing when I could wear more of a straight size bra. Um, I have such a big collection and all I did was just sit and stare at it. Like I'm not throwing these bras away. I guess I could bring them to a local store to donate. Like I don't know what to do with these like pile of bras. So putting them all kind of on my store together, I don't care too much about like really making the money off of them more than anything. I just want to kind of make sure they find someone who needs them um, and can actually wear them rather than them sitting in my home. So making it possible, like you can encourage buyers to buy more than one product by offering a discount. If you bundle products together, you do your own kind of back and forth of haggling. So like I can sell six bras for like 20 bucks. I don't care. It's one package. You got six bras. That's great because they don't fit me. So that's a lot. That's a lot of synthetics. That's a lot of metal. That's a lot of plastic going into that. So I think being really conscious of those kind of items that should last you a long time and trying to make sure that they kind of find their new homes is also a big part of that. I don't think I answered your question, but no, no, I think that that's helpful. You know, where are you shopping for high end or formal wear that is plus size, possibly rent the runway largely secondhand through something that you can tailor more than a thrift store like Poshmark. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, because thrift stores like are so hit and hit and miss. Like I can go into a thrift store and find I shop a lot of men's clothing. I don't think I've talked about that, but I do shop a lot of men's clothing from thrift stores, less for things that I could wear to work, but more for if I'm trying to be trendy. So like right now you have that such a 90s trend of like very flannels are back. I mean, they have been, they never went anywhere, but like a flannel or like a cutoff corduroy men's button down. Like I don't have to go on Forever 21 to find that. I can walk over to my local thrift store, find a men's size that fits me and cut it up myself. And that was a $2 investment. I'm not buying anything that needs to be shipped to me, especially from overseas, which is a lot of the stuff that I find. Plus size, a lot of it comes from the UK and is less from the US. And it's just so much easier. It's so much better and so much more economical, which is a big driver in how I consume my clothing. 
Absolutely. I That was actually something that was talked about a couple episodes back. I did one with B. Copeland and we talked about how the things that are trendy now were trendy 20 years ago. So you can probably find them in a thrift store. You know, the big flannels, the crop tops, the bucket hats, they're in thrift stores because they've already been trendy and they're just kind of coming back around. And you can find the vintage version that's probably better made and obviously more sustainable than buying a new version of the 90s trend or the early 2000s trend that has come back around through a fast fashion retailer. Yeah, I also think kind of finding things that will serve, like I said before, like will serve more than one purpose in your life and will be more than one outfit are so important and like key staple pieces to have in your wardrobe. I'm also big on sharing my clothing amongst my friends. Now, granted, that's not something that's very easy to do being plus size. Like I've never had a friend who wears my size clothing that I can just borrow their jeans. That's never been the reality for me. So mm-hmm. I've kind of found um, online finding kind of people that through different media, like through different social media connections, you can find people that are like, that seems kind of strange, but there's a woman that I'm friends with who lives in North Carolina who wears the same size clothing I do. And we will send each other things back and forth because it's kind of like a clothing swap, but I don't charge her for them. Like, Oh, this pair of leggings that I loved that I wanted to get off of I got at a thrift store really are too small for me, but you kind of wear half a dress size smaller than me. I think they'd fit you or something like that. Making these connections and being able to share clothes amongst your friends and your peers is such like, I don't know, such an old school way of being able to give clothing more than one use. I love that though. I love that. Like you said, it's like a personal clothing swap. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think a big piece is just, Clothing and economics are so intrinsically linked, especially being plus size. The clothes have never been as accessible as I want them to be. And that has kind of in itself given me this kind of like, well, if it fits me, I have to buy it because God knows there might not be another thing that'll fit me. And really trying to kind of settle into the fact that I'm an adult. I can afford to spend a little more on clothing and that brands are really coming around and that maybe it's not here this season for me, but next season it will be. So it's kind of being patient and really knowing knowing myself and knowing what I want to wear and what looks good and feels good on me. Awesome. All right. So we are getting towards the end of our episode. Man, we talked about so many things. I love this. And we already kind of touched on a lot of hand-me-ups, but we end every episode with a hand-me-up, a pro tip, word of advice. It can be about whatever you want. What Hammy Up do you have to offer to the listeners of the Hammy Up Club? Let's see. I have a few things. I think connect with people. I think that is such a big part of not feeling so alone in whatever you're dealing with or whatever might seem insurmountable. And I, I mean, I mean that like as a general life thing, but having people that I can connect with as an adult that have also dealt with the fact that they don't have clothes that fit them or they don't feel like they're ever included in trends is so important because they're like just a resource for me for different things and kind of connecting with people in your community. Like I said, I started taking some of these different workshops and classes. Like I've always been a crafty person. So that's not to say that like everyone would love doing that, Mm -hmm. but learning different things like from a Saturday afternoon class about how to paint your clothes. Like that is the coolest thing. And I already have these materials sitting around. And like, if you don't, a little acrylic paint is not going to 
ruin your weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, monetarily, I mean, like that's not going to set you back too far and really kind of being able to trust yourself, but connect with other people and understand that we're kind of all in the, in this together, if that makes sense. And to look for things that can multi-purpose and multi-use. And I think you really get that when you're not feeling so alone. And that's just a big part of wearing plus size clothing and like a big part of not feeling like I have access to trends that has shaped a lot of my habits and that I'm trying to take a step back from and realize that like I am uniquely my own style and I don't have to follow whatever Instagram is telling me I need to follow and being more mindful. It helps me be more mindful about things and really not take them as personally when something doesn't come in my size. Love it. Uh, where can people find you? Oh my goodness. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, my personal Instagram is at Verona Kitty, V E R O N I K I T T Y. Um, and then that also has a link to my more creative Instagram, which is Verona Kitty Creative. Very uh, self explanatory there. And yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Love it. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I love getting your perspective again. Like I, I don't have this experience. So it's been really great to talk to you about it because it definitely expands myself and I'm sure other people's idea of just what's going on beyond my own personal experience. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And it's been really great to talk about with you. This has been another episode of the Hand Me Up Club. I am Lindsay Ruter. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You're probably listening through one of those. Our website is www.handmeup.club on Instagram at handmeupclub. Talk to me. Talk about what's happening for the rest of season one, what you want to see on season two, any thoughts you have about shopping while plus size, sustainably shopping while plus size. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. The Hand Me Up Club is hosted by Lindsay Ruter, recorded and engineered by Adam Zucker, and edited by Caitlin Correa at CC Media. Thanks for listening.